This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be visiting with Dr. Joachim Reiser. Dr. Reiser is the CEO of the University of Texas Medical Branch Health System, uh, also president of UTMB and CEO. Uh, talked to him today about his career. He's had a fascinating career, Harvard Medical School, chairman of medicine at Rush for a long time, uh, and now leading UTMB. Dr. Reiser, take a moment and tell us about yourself and about the University of Texas Medical Branch Med School and Health System and so forth. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, uh, Scott, for, for this wonderful opportunity and really for all that you do for healthcare and bringing us all together. I'm born and raised in Germany in the Black Forest, so all the wonderful fairy tales of the Brother Grimm's. Uh, they they happened there. That's where I grew up. Wonderful small community. Studied medicine at the University of Heidelberg, uh, our oldest university in Germany, where I also did a PhD in cell biology. And so my entire career was always pretty science driven. And that really led me to come to the United States, uh, to New York, where I did internal medicine training at Albert Einstein College of Medicine before going to Harvard Medical School, Mass General Brigham, became a nephrologist, and at that time started my faculty appointment and also began my administrative career uh, that led me fast to University of Miami, where I was the chief of nephrology, and, and I started a drug discovery institute at that time, became even the interim chair of medicine there, before then going to Rush, where I was 11 years in, in leading the largest clinical department. And it was really at Rush where I learned uh, to uh, lead health systems at a larger scale and uh, really got more immersed in, in uh, also administrative leadership, uh, but was able to do research on the side and always be a big steward for research. I think that's a, a critical element to providing the best care. And uh, since uh, this summer, uh, I took the job as president of UTMB, uh, University of Texas Medical Branch, with, which is the oldest uh, institution, medical institution in Texas. It also has the oldest nursing school. And uh, it always has been a special place because we truly have the, uh, what I call a 360 degree mission. We are taking care of more than 80% of the uh, Texas inmates through the correctional medical care that we provide out of UTMB for the state of Texas. It is also home to the National Laboratory, the Galveston National Laboratory, which is a BSL-4, Biosafety Level 4 facility. There are only two in the United States on a university ground, the one in Galveston and the other one is at Boston University. And then we have a big health system. We have four campuses, the one in Galveston, then one across the causeway in uh, Angleton, and then uh, one in League City and one in Clear Lake. We have more than 100 clinics by now and more than 100 pharmacies. So it's a very big system. 
And uh, we're trying to uh, educate the next generation of healthcare leaders with five colleges, medical school, uh, nursing school, allied health school, graduate college, and a public health school. So it's a very exciting place. We have um, programs in space medicine, Antarctica, really, uh, again, speaking to this 360 mission. So excited to be here, a lot to do, and uh, great support from the UT system and really also from, uh, from the state of Texas uh, since we are a state institution. I'll stop here for a moment, Scott. No, thank you so much. And, and talk a little bit about, you've had this great career as both scientist, researcher, administrator, physician. How do you sort of view that now as a leader of a large, large system? And how do you spend your time between the research mission, the clinical mission, the, the, the sort of business mission, the safety net mission? How do you sort of allocate your time as CEO of such a large system is it spent inspiring? Is it spent making sure you got great cheers in place every place? How do you sort of define your core priorities and role? Yeah, well, great question. And and you you hit obviously the nail on the head. Uh, one of the jobs that I need to do here uh, is to flatten the organization. So uh, historically, everything really ran through the president's office. Uh, and uh, in this case here, even more so, uh, even, even the CEO's office of the health system fed a lot of information through the president's office. So we reorganized the structure here back in November, where I essentially also took on the CEO of the health system role and elevated physician leadership. And so my one of my bigger play that I'm trying to do is to make sure that the chairs are empowered, the physicians are empowered, the nursing staff is more empowered, and flatten the organization with respect to decision-making. I think that's absolutely critical. Uh, we also added on a, a fourth domain of innovation. So we're trying to diversify revenue for UTMB and really help offer additional careers for healthcare providers uh, to become entrepreneurs, but also uh, trying to broaden the impact of UTMB also in the technology sector. And that's a history I have myself as a co-founder of a biotech in Cambridge, uh, and uh, I want to I want to be a steward for that as well. Now, uh, when when it comes to my day, it is really now mainly uh, determined by administration, and 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 my presence is required in many events, uh, including meeting with legislators, the community, and different leaders throughout the organization, and of course the students. So the the science uh, has taken a tiny bit of a reorganization for me. Uh, I, I was always able to be very active in science. I arrived here in this role uh, with multiple NIH grants myself. And uh, for the most part, I've, I have transferred those over to other team members now, but we will continue to do the science. And I always say uh, it is counterintuitive to think that a scientist could be an executive because the skill sets might be uh, somewhat different, but there's a lot of overlap. So if you look at complex information in science, if you look at uh, uh, volcano plots or some of these complex data sets that are being generated in the laboratories, they're not that much different uh, than looking at very complex financial information. So to some degree, uh, this skill set is act actually complementary. That's what I find. And and so I think there's a, there's a natural tendency for me to understand data 
to dive deep into data, analyze it, but then build a team around it and let that team run with it. So I've always worked in my entire career through motivating others and through building teams. Uh, I've always been decentralized for myself. And that's what I'm trying to do with a large organization such as UTMB to make sure that leaders can lead and not everything needs to always constantly feed back to one office because that is not providing the nimble action that we need and it's not building the broad excellence you really need to run a complex health system. Now, does that mean that there are sometimes mistakes or missteps to some degree? Absolutely. I think they are required even to some degree to make sure that we learn how to function with each other. But it's important just as much as always having it right, because uh, ultimately establishing such a setup will allow us to focus on all the four missions of education, research, innovation, and clinical care at, with the same intensity and with the same focus. That's what we need. So I'm very strong in believing that all four domains need to be equally valued. And that is a threat, uh, and I know we talked a little bit about that in our communications before, that I see nationally that there is a devaluation by intent or, by, or not by intent, maybe driven by finances, where education and research takes a step back and the clinical care becomes a stronger focus uh, because that's where the main revenue stream is and the main growth often of a system. And I understand that. And I have that in very sharp focus here as well, of course, but I do not want to do it uh, at the expense of research, education, and innovation. I want to drag those along in a positive sense just as much. And the only way to do it is to diversify the leadership level and flatten the organization and build additional leaders throughout the entire organization to be able to do that. So Dr. Reiser, I've had a chance to visit with you just a couple of times, but but clearly this remarkable mix of intelligence, ability to review and think through things, as well as personal skills, uh, wonderful personal skill set too. When you look at that, this mix of intelligence, personal skill set, the ability to get things done, obviously be liked and respected by your colleagues, you served as a uh, Chair of Medicine, I think, at Rush, Magnificent Institution, Chair of Nephrology at University of Miami. When you give advice to and you build additional leaders, what qualities are you looking for and what advice can you give to emerging leaders? I think it's very important to uh, work on oneself, to receive feedback, and to really handle feedback in an honest way. It is a sort of like natural to all of us because we go through so much education that it's hard for us not to hear feedback or criticism, but to really internalize it and say, you know what, it is not just something that I hear and sure I understand it, but really do something about it. And, and I think that's where I'm probably was lucky, maybe by chance almost, that I was at institutions that had different focuses or foci. One is at Harvard, it was all about academic medicine. At Miami, it was all about fast growth and innovation. And at Rush, it was really all about clinical care. And so each of these institutions had very strong uh, strength for me 
But ultimately, you need all of them. All of these elements need to play together, at, not at the expense of other domains. And that means that you as a leader has to have to personally grow in all of those domains. So I, I started out as a scientist. That's what I knew the most. And second, secondarily, I was a clinician. But I had to learn administration, and I had to learn the innovation sector. And ultimately, you need to be good in all of them. So you need to be open to feedback and really do something about it. I've had coaches in the past. I've listened to many people. I've had setbacks. But I started to really internalize some of the critiques that I've heard over the years and did something about it. And at Rush, I learned a great deal around uh, healthcare, healthcare delivery, the, the touch with the patients to make sure that this is done right. And that is something I didn't I didn't focus as much on uh, in my other institutions. So I think that is a key ingredient. The second part is interpersonal skill and how you communicate. It's really important that you don't make a difference between leadership and staff and colleagues and students. You always have to engage. You put your phone to the side, which is which is not easy to do. And you look in the eye of the person that you have a conversation with and you engage. And that is something one can actually learn because some for some people it comes more natural than for others. And th those are all key elements that make us mature as a leader. And at some point you just you just have it found out and, and you'll become more effective. And so I think those are those personal old school things that we sometimes talk about early in our careers. They truly are meaningful and 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 they need to, to happen. So uh, I would say those are those are key ingredients to a successful uh, uh, play in a in a in a large organization. Just a fantastic, and thank you very much. I've got one more serious question and one more non-serious question. I'll ask you the non-serious question first. <laughs> okay. Are, are you at this point more a fan of? American football or European football, soccer or football, and we call it football, but we know that you call it football too, or, or the world does. Dr. Reiser, that's the important question. I'll ask you a non-serious question. I'm just kidding. Football or soccer? Well, I have to tell you, it's, it's scary what time does. Uh, I would have never thought that a ball that looks like an egg could excite me so much, but it is probably now at the same level uh, than uh, than and soccer is and I just watched uh, last weekend and I I was I was sunk in my couch and 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 couldn't get up so it's really really exciting I look forward to the Super Bowl and and all of this so I would say um, it's it's a draw at this point and that was something I never thought would would be indeed happening so uh, I love football and, and Dr. Eisner do you have a favorite European football club and a favorite American football club yet. Football or soccer? <laughs> both, both. Soccer in Europe. Favorite European soccer team? It's Bavaria then, Munich, of course. Uh, and uh, it, it's a little bit of Hollywood in Germany. And uh, it's a little bit of clam. And it's 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 very exciting club. Uh, unfortunately, just recently, Franz Beckenbauer died, uh, who was a world champion as a player and then also as a coach. And and brought the the U.S. Uh, brought the um, World Championship tournament to Germany in 2006, which was a big, big success, not just for soccer but also for the country. So Bavaria Munich, there, and and my local club, the FC Nördingen, in the little Black Forest uh, village, 
it's also just a riot to watch them play. They're actually very, very good. And believe it or not, they one day even played Bavaria Munich in some tournament, and they did pretty well. And here in the in the um, in America, um, I would say um, it's it's something that I, I I switch around a little bit, but uh, I'm I'm still hoping uh, for the Chicago Bears, and I also like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's hope so on the Chicago Bears. We certainly share that in common. It's been a tough couple of decades, but we'll see how it ever gets better. <laughs> the, uh, the last the last question I have for you, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Eiser, is uh, what are you most excited about this year? I mean, you you took over last year one of the great health systems in the country as CEO. Uh, so what are you most excited about this year? Where are you most focused and excited now? Well, I, what I'm really excited about is building my team. Uh, I have uh, had a, a great opportunity already to recruit numerous talents from University of Michigan, from Harvard, from Chicago, from from Yale. Uh, I also uh, recruited uh, and, and have people work with me from at higher level administration. Wayne Keithley, somebody you know, he's a, a turnaround champion, uh, so to speak. He did a great job at Mount Sinai in New York and, and also at Baylor. He's working with us. Uh, in an acting uh, CRO capacity. I have excellent talents here. We are about to hire a chief financial officer. So building that team and, and working with them uh, is something I look forward to. And the other part is to be furnishing a, a campaign for UGMB. I think this institution is, is so important really for Texas and, and went through Ike, the Hurricane Ike, and then a massive rebuild into a wonderful renewed campus and then the, played a key role in the pandemic. And now we are a little bit on cruising altitude. There's actually stability around UTMB and we can come up now with a strategic campaign that equally values clinical care delivery, innovation, research, and education. I'm very excited about that. And every every day I wake up energized. I really, I really like this job. And then finally though, and that's probably something I should have said earlier, Scott, uh, I got to make sure that I stay fit because these jobs are physically demanding. And I can tell you how often I come home and I find myself waking up in the middle of the night on the sofa with my suit on. And so it is something about uh, uh, creating the help for you to be able to do this job. That's that's important as well. Now I look forward to doing just that. But, but that point on taking your, your own physical and mental health as a leader, it is so important. And I'd say at one point it was probably underrated. I think more and more people understand how important that is. Uh, just fantastic. D Dr. Reiser, what a pleasure to visit with you always. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.